Welcome, folks, to another episode of the Comic Chronicle Podcast. I'm your guys' host, Dakota Morgan, coming to you from Phoenix, Arizona. Today we have on the show a very, very cool guest, one whose work I've followed for a long time, a very long time, and, oh God, I love to do so much. He's such a cool dude. Van Jensen is on the show. Van and I talk about... Flash and Green Lantern, of course, but we also talk about writing and inspiration a little bit, too. And, of course, animals, because, I mean, of course, with me, and there's always going to end up talking about that or dinosaurs sooner or later down on the show. But we talk about so many fun things that, and motivation, I think, is right as a people in the arts may appreciate. So if you're in the art business, whether you're an artist, writer, uh, filmmaker, whatever it is, I think you're going to learn a lot from the episodes, from the discussions we have. Make sure you guys subscribe, though, to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or Podbean.com, or wherever you're listening to the show. I'm on social media, too, if you want to keep in track with all the adventures I do and the show itself, at DakotaMorgan3 on Twitter, Instagram, at Dakota underscore Morgan 97, and on YouTube, DakotaMorgan, if you want to catch all the stuff I do with video games, science shows, and more. And if you want to catch me live, raw, and uncut, I'm now on Twitch for when I do video games, all types of games, that's... Codorex 97. You guys all rock. And without further ado, though, I'll stop my rambling and get into this really, really cool episode with Van. And yes, we are good. Now, Van, good man, I like to say this to everyone who comes on the show. Welcome to the podcast, good man. It's actually a huge honor to have you here. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate it. It's an honor to, to be asked to join. Of course. I mean, dude, it's we it took a lot of work, though. <laughs> I know between both of our schedules, like we're, I think people don't realize like when you work in comic books and then you also like try to have a life, things get really crazy. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's sort of always, uh, always a lot, uh, not to mention, you know, the whole global pandemic thing that doesn't yeah. make life any easier. That's, that's a hundred percent true. Kind of, it kind of like inhibits a little bit, you know, it's slowly starting to, I think it's slowly getting a little bit of more leeway, but it's still it's still a pain in the ass. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're getting through it. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, we eventually made it work and got you on here. Now I know some people will be like, Oh, just talk about comics and jazz like that. I wanted to ask you a fun question though, is how are the baby birds doing? <laughs> Cause I the, seen you on yeah. your Twitter feed. Yeah. We, uh, every year we have, and I, I think that they're, um, I think that they're finches, that come and build a nest in like, I, I just have some ferns hanging on the front porch. And so <laughs> every year these birds come and build a new nest in the ferns. And so, and I forget about it, right. Cause I have to water these plants like, you know, pretty regularly. Yeah. And so there, there always comes a point that I'll like go and just like go to water my fern. And then all of a sudden it's like birds shooting out of it and all of these like, <laughs> you know, like little chirps as, as the, the chicks are like, you know, why are, why are you pouring water on? Yeah, He's trying to kill us. What is going on? here? Uh, so, yeah. So this time, uh, we, we found out when there were just, uh, there are five eggs in there. And now I, Let's see. Last night was the last time we looked and we had, yeah, four of the eggs had hatched. So probably all five by now. But, you know, they're looking strong. They're looking good. It's, you know, they're basically little fuzzy aliens at this point. So not not quite ready to to get up and flying. But, yeah, I, don't know. I mean, I grew up in the country. So like mm. any any semblance of wildlife or nature that that we can have, I'm I'm all for it. Oh, I feel you. I feel, I relate a lot. Not to the country part. I grew up in Midwestern Illinois, so 
in. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like what part, like what country are you talking about? Like, cause I know people say I grew up in the country and they could be like Alabama or Texas or like, what? yeah, yeah. Every, every state has its, uh, its rural stretches. So mm. yeah. So for me, home is Western Nebraska mm. and, and my hometown is a, a place called Llewellyn and it is, I'm going to say the population now is like. I don't know, 250 people maybe. That's that's straight up country. That is 100% as country as it can get. If you don't push that 500 on the pop, it's that's definition of a small town. Yeah, it is teeny, teeny, tiny. Um, and yeah, and, and we actually, we grew up even a couple of miles outside of town and my, uh, my parents are still there. And yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's like the combination of like a place is really hard to grow up in because there's just, you know, there's there's just not much stuff. Um, yeah. And and also like, I don't, I don't know, I was into to movies and comic books and reading and, you know, through my family had some exposure to some some more interesting things. And then. I don't know, like, you know, everyone around me, all the kids I grew up with, they just liked, you know, it was like working on the farm and sports was kind of it. So the classics. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about yeah. right. They're like, all right, this man, fans not in the football. What are you talking about? Yeah, and I'm like, Alex, movies, movies. Yeah. No. Now, gonna, what career is he going to get from movies now? We'll come football, that's a career. <laughs> and then cut to like most of the people who are like, I'm going to do it. And then they're really working at the restaurant or something like that. Not to disparage anybody. But I have a few friends that were in the same boat, and now they're kind of struggling. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's every, you know, every, everyone has their own thing. And I, I guess the thing that's nice about the city is, like, there are enough people where it's like, you know, if, if you're just super into football and that's your thing, like, you can easily find people to 100%. do that with. Yeah. And if you're into comic books, you can easily find people to do that with and music or, you know, what, whatever it is. So you don't feel I alone anymore is the thing. Like you, you don't feel alone in the sense where like if you are different in a small town, you're done for. But if you're different in a city, you'd be like, oh, I have more people around me. <laughs> like, wait a minute. Yeah. Here. Like, I'll yeah. Go to this comic book store or I'll go to the movie theater and meet people. Right. You build your own community a little yeah. bit. Um, but I do also, I mean, I, I love going back and, you know, we've, we've got kids now. And so taking them back there and I mean, where I grew up, it's like a huge property with a Creek running through it and all of my family kind of around there. So it, it was both like, there were challenges to it, but then it was very idyllic in another way. And I, and I think, you know, I think in a way it, it influenced uh, who I became because the, like the way that we entertained ourselves, I mean, it was just this great wide open area and we went out and we just imagined and like, yeah. you know, told stories and played games and we were always playing like GI Joe and X-Men and Ninja Turtles and making up our own adventures. And, you know, we didn't really have, we had like three TV stations and you had to turn the antenna to, <laughs> to get them. And it, it wasn't really yeah. the, you can dive into a hole on the phone type of world. It was like, you had to, I grew up with a bit of that. You had to create you, like this stick. What's the stick? This stick here. This is the Mark four Joe weapon. <laughs> All right. Like right. it has a right. sonic blaster on it. And there you go. Like I I've I've done some not research into it, but like talking to friends of mine and film and comics, I think 
a lot of us who grew up that way, we have that like huge creative spark more than people younger than us because we had to create like it, it was create or just be bored, you know, or it, yeah. in our case as kids, create or die. <laughs> this is really what it was. Right. Yeah, no, it's it's totally true. And I yeah, I kind of I, I try to like it's totally artificial, but I, I try to create that for my kids where, um, you know, like I've the only and, and they're not super old yet, but um, I have a, a, a Sega Genesis mini the like oh. the mod that has all the old games on it. Oh. And and that's the only video games they've ever been exposed to. Oh, you're starting off good. Oh, you're starting. You're be, you're being a good father. <laughs> so, but then you know they like they go outside and they play and they adventure and they they build stuff and draw pictures and all of that and like they we built them a treehouse and so like they literally have a um like a a cache of stick weapons out in the treehouse and I'm, you yes. know I'm just like yes <laughs> this is what I want for them I've done right I. <laughs> That's that's exactly what that is. Like, you know what? I don't care what I've done. I've at least planted the seeds. They'll grow up great. Yeah, fingers crossed. Just need to, yeah, keep keep them on the path. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it seems like you're a builder, too. Like, we know you're a writer, but it seems like you're a builder because it says you build a treehouse. And then I saw you built an owl house or, or something along those lines, if I remember seeing the Twitter right. So it, it seems yeah. like you're building a lot. Like, it didn't seem like country left you at all. <laughs> yeah, I, I might have brought a little of the country with me. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I don't know. I mean, my, my grandpa built houses and all my uncles built houses. Um, and so I grew up, like, helping them. And I've done a lot of habitat builds. Um, and, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, it's just it's nice to to get out and do stuff that's not looking at a screen. It's kind yeah. of like oh, yeah. a big thing. Um, and so, yeah, and I, I don't know. I, I guess I pride myself a bit on being handy. Like if something breaks in the house, I'm, I'm at least going to try to fix it. Like I'm not, not going to yeah. tell you that, that I'm going to get it done, but I'll give it a go. At least a try, see what happens. If, if like try number 10 fails, then we call someone. But until then. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, and then like I do uh, – I do a lot of landscaping, which, you know, is kind of a weird pastime to have. But I like, I mean, I'll, I'll go down to the, there's a big landscape supply shop and I'll go and order like a couple tons of rock and then they just dump, you know, dump it in my parking pad. And then I'm, <laughs> you know, like building paths and uh, doing like, yeah, just all kinds of stuff like that. And uh, yeah, I don't know. It's fun. I mean, it's. Like life's way too, uh, way too boring if you don't make it weird. So it's, so it's why, true. why not? It's it's very true. Like people think people will look at me and I mean I relate to the building by the way because I was doing drywall at the age of six. So oh, in fact, uh, yeah, because grandma was a real estate agent and then grandpa worked as her construction worker. So let's just say I knew the plumbing of a house at the age of twelve. I'm like, oh yeah, I'll install a toilet for you. And it just was, and they're like, this guy's gonna grow up like really fat and butt crack showing all the time. <laughs> and, and jokes on them, I lost the weight. But um, yeah, I feel like people will hear the stuff I do, and they're like, oh, he writes, and their fans of my comics will be like, oh, he just is a comic book writer. And they look at him and they're like, wait, this guy does podcasts. And I'm like, yeah, it's still in front of the screen, but 
more or less, like, my full-time job is, like, a vet assistant at an exotic animal hospital. And then I oh, also... Wow. Yeah, like, and then I work at an... I volunteer at a reptile sanctuary here in Arizona that has, like, anacondas, cobras, 14-foot-long crocodilians. We have bugs, guant, like, huge reptiles there. And... Like, that's the thing is like people are like, oh, he's just this comics. He's a huge nerd. I'm like, yeah, I'm a nerd, but I'm also like a wildlife warrior in case it's like a, a conservationist sort of thing. Like, I think yeah. pe- people usually when they hear you work in like books, film or arts, like they're like, oh, you just do that. And really, it's like, eh, not really. <laughs> yeah. And some of it, I mean, I always like when I give advice to young artists, I always tell them, like, get um like is it's kind of a weird thing to say, but it's like don't go to school for art. Oh, like go, yeah. you know, go to like you. You're gonna have to train yourself, like whether you go to art school or not. Like you're gonna have to be internally motivated, and so like you're not gonna make any money creating for a very long time. And even once you start making money, it's really inconsistent. So you know, it's like go and get some skill in something that you can do that's something different and then fill your, you know, fill some of your time with that and then just know that you're going to have to make do on the side and build yourself up as an artist. But I mean, it also, it makes you more interesting as a person, I think to have, it's like, what are you, what are you going to write about if you spend a hundred percent of your time locked up in your, you know, your apartment or your house writing, like you, you got to get out and experience the world. And I mean, for you, I mean, I can't imagine the stuff that you see both like oh. with the animals, but also the people that come in, like that's, that's giving you a, uh, a very clean line into some weird sociology. Oh, 100%. Oh, Van, there's stories that I, I'll, I'll say off record, but I, I won't say on record. Some I won't say on record, but like, it's it definitely you see the all types of folks like I did stuff for the Air Force when I was a kid, too, or a teenager, I guess I should say, with search and rescue missions and whatnot with working with them. I, I've seen a lot of different types of people. So people are like, oh, you write good characters. I'm like, yeah, I've seen a lot of aspects of life. Yeah, <laughs> Literally, it's like you see a little bit of everything. And I'm with you on that. I, I'm really with you on saying that you need like you can't really write or draw or create when you're locked up because if you do that side thing like i think working with animals over the years and doing everything i've done it's like really inspired me a lot and i i think it's a whole inspiration thing because you can like have be stuck in this hole say you're like trying to figure out how you want a character to look and then you're like stuck in this hole but then you go out and maybe you meet somebody or maybe you you know you go out and you see a certain like incident happen on all fight or something like that you never know and then or you see a certain animal then you're like oh i got it and it just breaks you through like i think the real world inspires artists a lot more than people give credit to almost yeah well it, it i mean i i try to only ever speak for myself but it it definitely inspires me and um yeah i don't i don't know how i would even approach writing without without having that grounding i've it's seen like, people try it though i have yeah. seen people try it's very you can tell but i've seen people try yeah i mean you can take any like there's um there's this old thing that i i fall back on a lot and it was um i think it so it's there's the 
the whole suspension of disbelief thing, like that that notion, um, it goes back to uh, Wordsworth, the writer, the famous British writer, and he um, like he he came about in this time where everyone wrote, everything was extremely realistic. And there was no like weird genre elements and he pushed back against that and he was like no like you you can write with weird genre elements but you just need to create something that is emotionally real and and when you have emotionally real characters that's when your audience will suspend their disbelief and so it was like less about the audience being willing to accept weird stuff uh, and more about the responsibility on the writer for creating like, you know, believable emotions. And, and so I look at it as like, no matter how far-fetched or crazy or like weird sci-fi, whatever your story is, people have to be able to relate emotionally to it. And that, that real life emotional relation comes from you as a writer understanding how people work and how they think and, how they act and you know what what makes them at times go kind of weird or angry or you know whatever but it it has to it has to have some grounding or else you know people just aren't going to connect to it i'm going to tell you this van when your kids are older you're going to give them hell of a speeches <laughs> you're, you're good that i i felt that in my bones and in my heart and soul and agreeing so hard on that and i am jealous of your kids <laughs> i really like daddy man can you give me good advice on this and it would be like the best best advice i'll hear all like for like a year or two at least probably my whole life and it will be and he'll be like yeah yeah he helped out a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I imagine they're going to tune me out. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know. I think I, I I think maybe I just like I do so much of like processing stuff in my head and putting it together that by the time I finally talk about anything, I've got it pretty well cracked. <laughs> That's a good way to do it. It's it's way better than going at half assed. <laughs> yeah, I mean, people always. Uh, it seems like people at first meet me they're like. He's kind of he's kind of laconic, isn't he? Really? Yeah, a bit. Madness. I think educated. I'll take that. Yeah. Although, you know, bachelor's degree. I'm not I'm not repping too much here. Hey, life educated, man. There we go. Yeah. So you said you were a nerd though, but you kind of mentioned like you were into like some books and movies and jazz. I kind of want. I'm like I'm curious. I'm very curious on it. How'd you get in the comics, man? Yeah, so uh, yeah, so I um, like where I grew up. We we really didn't have much access to comic books. There was um, a grocery store in the town, and it was literally called the store because, like, the store. <laughs> there's the one. You know, you you don't you don't need to brand it very particularly. Sure. Um, and they they had a little rack for magazines and they had a few comics in there. And but I, I think the reason I started reading them was I had a cousin who lived overseas and he was by a military base. And so he he could go and like they had this shop that had American comics and he could get them for super cheap. And then he would come back and visit. And so I was like three or four. And and he would show up with these big backpacks full of of like Green Lantern Corps and uh, Larry Hama's GI Joe and 
you know, very, very like, so this was, this would have been uh, mid to late eighties. So yeah, maybe like a little bit of like Spider-Man Transformers, some of the, um, some of Neil's work on Batman. Um, but uh, yeah, so, so I just started reading those and I'm a very visual person. So it really connected to me as just a way to tell stories um and the, and i was like immediately like I, I still have a bunch of these drawings like i i was drawing my own comics um and and i really i wanted to be a comic book artist and i i don't know i mean i was pretty pretty solid at it like my mom's a painter mm. so it, it kind of runs in the family a bit and then i just hit a point where i was like this i mean i i had never been around anyone that actually made comic books so it's not you know, it's not like I ever had anything that was like, oh, this this is a thing that you can actually do. Yeah, you were like, I think only celebrities can do this or very like 1% of the population can do this. Like, is it actually possible? I don't know. I Probably not. Yeah, I mean, like I, ne- I never went to a convention and none of that. So, um, so yeah, so it just, I was like, well, what a, you know, whatever. That's like, like a, a mythical thing that I can't actually pursue. So I went into journalism uh, and did that, ended up in newspapers. And then um, I was just, I was working at a, uh, I mean, I still read comic books and, and even like college and then after college started to read a lot more and kind of filling in some of the missing gaps of stuff that I hadn't seen when I was younger. Cause I, you know, I just like had very limited uh, amounts of stuff that I could read. So then I, w- I was at this newspaper in, in Arkansas and, um, and I was working with this guy named Dustin Higgins and who's an illustrator. And he did a sketch one day of like a bad Pinocchio character. Yes. And, and then I actually, my wife and I moved to Atlanta and then and we were, had been here for a while and Dusty called me up and was like, oh, hey, like, what, what do you think about making Pinocchio Vampire Slayer as a comic? <laughs> and I was just like, hey, folks, Dakota here giving you guys a little bit of an ad break, but something really, really cool, though. I swear to God. Um, I have a new store to say the least here and it's called DakotaMorgan.store. It's a new Teespring store that we have going on here where if you like this show, we have the the uh, Man of Steel-esque logo to say the least here, the Comic Chronicle podcast logo on some shirts, some mugs, some tote bags. But we also have some really other cool stuff on the Teespring store. That is, of course, we have video games, our therapy design, like little digital heart logo that we have on there. Blockbuster Kid, a little riff on the Blockbuster logo on there. Show that you're a Blockbuster Kid with the Blockbuster Kid logo shirt. We also have fun designs on there that are dinosaur-esque. Well, they're dinosaurs, but... Mixed with modern animals, such as our Tricera cow, and the Oviraptor mixed with a blue and yellow macaw, to say the least, here, with a little bit of tropical flowers with it, and much more stuff on there. Of course, you guys can get all these designs on mugs, travel mugs, stickers, tote bags, t-shirts, and I think a little bit more, too, but you guys are going to have to check that out here. That is dakotamorgan.store. And it will take you straight to the Teespring store. And, of course, they are very affordable for you guys because I know times are tough. So they are definitely affordable for all those nerd fans out there. But wear your freak flag high, whether it's with comics, video games, a throwback to good times, or better times, to say the least, or paleo with some dinosaurs. And there 
make things pretty cute. Of course, so we have women and men shirts available as well, too. Thanks, everybody. You all rock. Remember, dakotamorgan.store. Now, back to the show. That sounds... Like, I, I'm going to be honest. That sounds really stupid, dude. <laughs> like, that sounds like a terrible idea. You and... give it a second thought, and you're like, wait, Pinocchio Vampire Slayer, that sounds cool. No, wait, that won't work. Get the hell out of here. <laughs> and it, the thing that sold me on it eventually, uh, I went back and looked at the the original Pinocchio story, which was written in the 1880s, and it's just, like, super weird. Like, it, it's a bit dark, but it's not even that it's dark. It's just straight up weird. Mm. And in the weirdness of it, I was like, oh, I really like this. Like, there's, and there's some kind of, like, big, unexplained stuff with it. So, you know, I said, sure. And we, um, we made, initially we made a 10-page comic. And I went to my very first comic book convention, which was uh, Heroes Con in Charlotte, North Carolina. And this would have been 2008. And I had like 10 copies of this thing and handed a few of them around. And one of them started getting passed around from like creator to creator to creator until oh. Mark, Mark Wade ended up with a copy of it. Oh. <laughs> and like, I, oh. I, I don't know anyone. No one knows me. Like this is totally happening, you know, unbeknownst to me. And, um, so then all of a sudden, like I'm walking around and I had met this one writer and I'll, I hear him yelling at me and I turn around and he's standing with Mark Wade and he points at me. He's like, that's the Pinocchio guy. Oh, shit. And, and I think that it was, I, I'm trying to think there was someone else with Mark and I'm trying to, it was an artist and I can't remember, but it was like, there's a bunch of heavy, heavy hitters. And Mark like just like erupts. He's like, hey, you get over here. <laughs> I'm like, what the hell is going on? So you get kind and of so, scared, like, oh, this has got to kick my ass. Like, what's going on here? It, like, did I just like offend comics in some way? Because I didn't know what I was doing. Like, I'd never written a comic book script. <laughs> and and Mark pulls me aside and he's like, Who like who the hell are you? And I'm like, Oh, like, you know, this is me, like, whatever, whatever. And he's like, how did you make this? Like, this is so good. And I'm like, wait, what? He's like, this is, this is like excellent. Like, you have to do this. Like, you have to be a comic book writer. And I was like, oh, oh, okay. And then he just laid out, he's like, this is the publisher you go to. Tell them I sent you, you know, and then you like get this book out and then just keep making stuff and keep building yourself up. And, and like, you'll be a comic book writer. I guarantee it. And everything went like exactly according to the way he said. I mean, it's Mark Wade. <laughs> like, like you had like the best coach in your in your corner there. Yeah. Like, he just he coming back. I'd be scared. I honestly like I don't get scared at much anymore. I really don't. But. I mean, you get bit by a few different big ass things in life. Uh, but I, I look at it and I'd be like, oh, my God, this is it. Like, I, I'm I've, I'm never going to work again in this field. Like, I did this as fun and now I'm in trouble. Like, And then you basically had the best coach you could get other than probably having Stan Lee in your back corner there. And then coming around and being, hey, do this and you will succeed. And obviously it's worked out very well. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it was it was a real, I don't know, you know, you always, like, in a creative career, you're, you know, you work your hardest and do your best and all that stuff. And it's still, like, a ton of it comes down to luck. Yeah. And, yeah. and so, you know, like, I'll say, like, I, I've had a stretch, I had a stretch of about, like, four years where it was just like man like nothing worked out all this stuff fell apart like you know on and on and on it's just like mm-hmm. what is going on and anytime that i wanted to be like self-pitying about it i just had to think back to like well yeah but i also like had this one master stroke of luck that built my entire career so you know you you just you take the good luck with the bad like it doesn't it doesn't mean i'm any better or worse because of it you just like you got to be ready to take advantage of good luck when it comes but yeah it it definitely it was it was something that really really broke my way and i mean well that's that kind of goes back to the inspiration we were talking about too in a way that we I think everybody thinks it's always 24-7, the dominoes are falling, but there's oftentimes some good space in between. And I think, like you said, you had the four years, like I've had mine a little bit too. Like you got to look, I think people, people always be like, I'm in a lull. I have people message me and stuff like that, fans of the show and fans of books and shit. And they're like, oh, I'm in a lull. What do I do? What do I do? And it goes kind of what you're saying there, looking back at it. You know, you, you got to look back at the stuff you've done and then just you got to always keep trying. I mean, shit, it goes back yeah. to what you said in the beginning. Like when you're in the arts in the beginning here, you're not going to make that much money in the beginning for a while. And it's true. I like there was a when I did stuff in film before COVID happened, we had a and I had all shut down for a while. You know, like I've done stuff in feature films and jazz like that. Like people are like, oh, how like in between gigs, if I would do something like because I do uh, crew stuff, I use my building techniques to help build sets, props, costumes, yeah. stuff like that. Um, and every now and then do an acting thing. And they're like, well, what keeps you going? I'm like, well, the fact is I got to have a fun conversation with Greg Grumberg from Heroes and like a billion other things on a on a film set one day when we were talking after we shot a scene together. That keeps me going a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Oh. Yeah, it uh, and it is. It's like it. It's like anything. It's there's a lot of it that's a slog. There's a lot of it that's really hard. Um, but I mean, yeah. And you want to talk about a slog, like a film set? Oh man, oh. That, it's people think that's some glamorous stuff. But then you get in, it's like, no, this is the most boring thing you will ever do in your life. <laughs> it gets rough. Yeah, you get. It's either high intensity pain and suffering or. And it was with a little bit of fun or it's kind of boring. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I worked on, uh, in the, the AD department on the second season of stranger things that, oh, it, wow. yeah, I had, I, I started directing just a little bit here and there a few years back. And so I've done like some short films and some music videos and, um, and just had a buddy who was on it and, he invited me to to come and check it out. And then it was, it was just like, Oh, we can't have visitors, but can I hire you? And then you don't really have to work. And I was like, well, dude, if you hire me, like I'm, I'm going to work. So, so yeah, so I finished out season two and it was, there's a, a big sequence that's like the, the big end of year dance 
at the middle school mm, yeah. and that's that's what we were shooting and it was just like you know you know it it looks cool on the screen but you don't think about the fact that like every time you you know you shift the camera you have to move 200 extras and a whole bunch of equipment around a gym yeah yeah and there's always the fun little secret that I tell people about and they say, oh, my God, it looks so great on the camera. I'm like, yeah, in reality, if you're there, it looks like shit and you don't think it looks good at all. And yeah. nobody thinks it looks good except for the gaffer or a couple people or everyone looking at a monitor. If you're not looking at a monitor, you're like, this looks like hell. <laughs> why, why do we have this light over here? Why are we bouncing this light over here? Like, this isn't going to work. Like, oh, my God, like this looks rough. Like, And it's a whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh shit. Yeah. yeah. Comics, at least, you know, it's it's just like it's a it's a smaller group of people doing down in the trenches together. But yeah, there are definitely those same moments of like this might not be any good. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. That then that's when your head gets in in a little bit too much, and you're just like, yeah, I don't know, I don't know exactly what you said. Like, I don't think this is good. Like, well, the fans are gonna like it. Like, man, what have I been doing with my life? <laughs> Wait a minute here. Yeah, like, I you know the writer uh, Matt Kent. Yes. Yeah, writer and artist, I should say. So Matt and I have been friends since way way back, and there was one time that we went to a convention together, and and then we were like headed back to where we were staying, and it was a it was a pretty big group of us. I can't I can't remember if Jeff Lemire was in that group, but there's a bunch of like the the people that came up through Top Shelf, and. Um, and we were like talking and then it was like all of a sudden the energy kind of like ebbed a little bit. And Matt was just like, do you guys ever just stop and wonder like, what am I doing with my life? <laughs> and we all, we all just started laughing because it's like, you know, yes, of, of course. Yes. Like we all have some real serious existential questions about the validity of spending all this time and effort to make comic books and the struggle to make a living at it. Like, yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> We've had it now. Uh, somebody get this man a beer. <laughs> like, hold on. Yeah. Oh shit. Yeah. That, that, that hits. It's like people who I would say there's people who understand like kind of what we do. And then people who understand in like different professions a little bit too. But then other folks who kind of don't have an understanding of that will hear it. Like somebody probably heard that and they're like, Oh God, is he okay? He must be so depressed. Like, nah, that's just a regular life. <laughs> we, yeah, we just power through. <laughs> it's a daily thing. Yeah, for sure. Like, let's just say we have long showers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Well, I I want to say, good man. Like, I don't I don't want to want to take too much of your time though today, but I do want to say that you know I have to ask one like kind of time interview ask question thing is what was it like? You mentioned Green Lantern Corps before. What was it like working on Flashing Green Lantern? Because I loved your run on there so much. Like, I, I really did. I loved a lot of stuff. And the man who went from Pinocchio to Green Lantern, that had to be a hell of a step. Yeah, it was it was something. And thank you for, for saying that. Um, yeah, I mean, it, um, you know, it, it all happened very suddenly. And it was like, just really kind of one day i mean i i had had i'd actually had some near misses at dc over the years where it was like an editor would be like oh i want to bring you in and then they would like 
leave or get fired or something. Oh, um, which, you know, it, it happens. It's, it's like, and you know, it's, it's a bigger deal in that person's life than it is in mine. So it, it's not like you get too caught up about it, but, um, but yeah, then really I just got this call one day that was like, Hey, you know, we, we, we like your books and we hear that you're a really fast writer. So, you know, we, we need to get this thing done like yesterday. So can you do it? And, um, so yeah, like Green Lantern Corps, I, I basically had a week to write my first script, uh, which is wow, just, you know, pretty pretty nuts. Yeah, that's uh, tough. That's that's tough. <laughs> yeah, and I, I had never written, like, literally never written a single issue script, so I had to figure that out. And, and you know, it's like seven thousand characters and all this stuff. So, but yeah, I mean, I kind of just charged into it, and I, I think really the thing that that with both of those runs that kind of helped me out is I I'm big on just doing the research and so I just did a lot of reading of past issues and I also looked around and saw like what are the things that fans talk about online and and not not that it's like oh I'm just gonna give them like spoon feed them what they want, but more like see the way that they emotionally feel about the characters and what resonates and, and what doesn't, and then see what I can explore. Mm. Um, but you know, it was really always like John Stewart's one of my favorite characters that I've ever written. I mean, I, I would love to, would love to revisit him at some really? point. Yeah, it, it was great. And you know, it's, it's someone who's totally different from me in his background in every single way. Um, but just, there's a lot of really interesting, um, just a, a really interesting character. A lot of, you know, a lot, a lot to work with there, a lot to explore, a lot of kind of that he's like struggling to overcome. And, and yeah. And then, you know, the flash, I think it was, it was a nice counterpoint that it's just like, it's, fast it's fun it's it's a bit more like up energy it's um barry is is just sort of like your prototypical like positive energy um like midwestern person it's (laughs) true it's very true (laughs) yeah so to get into that was was fun and i mean i the thing that i kind of look back on like with some regret and so you know whatever bit of advice this might be useful to people like i came in and like my instincts like who i am as a writer i'm I'm a bit weird um and i like to do like formal experimentation and i i just like to kind of try really different things and i i spent my time my like those you know month to month years at dc where I was just really trying to like deliver the stories that they wanted and that, that, you know, and to like fit in with the line. And I, I just wish that I had brought a bit more of myself and my own weirdness into it. Hmm. Um, and you know, and when I've gone back, like I've, I've written some short stories for DC where I've just gotten to have free reign to sort of do whatever. And, and I came back and I was like, all right, like, I'm just going to do, you know, really strange, really experimentative stuff. And, 
you know, everyone is, has very much responded to that stuff so far. And is like, Oh, okay. Like this is what I should have been doing all along. Like I, mm. I get that now. Be more of you in a sense where I had a little, add more of you into what you're working on. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's really exactly it. And I think I, yeah, I, th- I think that I just, I was so caught up in like, oh, I'm like, I'm working for them and this is their stuff. And, you know, and I'm, but I think that really those companies, like they, th- that's what helps them do well is when they bring you in and you're able to like, uh, take this very familiar thing and, and reflect it in a way that it, it, it hasn't been reflected before. It's true. It's true. I mean, that's why there's always new writers going on and, why I mean I, I hate to say switching out, but you know people will do it for years and then they I know new writers and artists come on board and such like too. I mean it's why we love different series. Like I got a couple that are the same in a way for comics and and books that I read, but then like we love a variety of different things that we, that we love. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I mean you look at like I mean, I, don't, I don't read a ton of of what's currently out um uh, just you know having young kids will do that but like yeah. uh something like uh immortal hulk right mm-hmm. um you know that's a series that it's it's totally in continuity with everything that's ever come before but is also completely unlike anything that's ever been done with the hulk and and is just an incredible artistic success, I think, because of the risks that it takes and and the way that it does something new. Um, or like Tom King's Vision series. Yeah, that one definitely, too. <laughs> that one, that one, or uh, Immortal Man, there was that, too. Yeah, yeah. Like, it, the, the new things that just come in and wipe away everything you thought you knew about comics, and you're like, wow. Like, hey folks, Dakota here with a little bit of an ad break, but this is one you definitely want to listen to if you guys are a comic fan, which you are if you're listening to the show. You guys like comics and you like reading them in person. Well, let me tell you, go to Drawn the Comics in Glendale, Arizona. This is not just a hype thing for this ad. Let me tell you, I've been going there for years. I've had Cam Brown on the show all the time. Such a good guy. It's such a good community. Everyone who works there, they know you. They, you get your box number. You get your thing. You get all you need to do there. You get your collectible toys, car. Whatever it may be, comics, it's all there for you guys. That's Drawn the Comics in Glendale, Arizona. Here's the address, 5801 West Glendale Avenue, Glendale, Arizona, in downtown Glendale. And if you guys want to visit them, you can visit them, drawntocomics.com, or find them on social media and the number 623-847-9090 to give them a call. Definitely, guys, I love going to the store. And this is not a fucking lie. I love going. It's so amazing. Thanks, everyone, and hopefully... You guys check them out if you're in Arizona or maybe passing through. Remember, guys, draw on the comics. Go check it out for your books. Reading books in person is so much better than digital. But I love digital, too, so it's a little bit of a toss-up. Support brick-and-mortar companies. We definitely need you to. Thanks, everyone. And now, without further ado, I'm going to take it back to future me. Wow. Yeah, yeah. it's it, it's a medium that just... Um... I don't know it's so pliable right like you can do so yeah. much with it and try yeah. so many different things so I, I think it's like a medium that demands to be sort of like messed with yeah yeah van this is why you're a better writer than i am 
Let's not say that. I don't, might be a little uh, yeah, more experienced. That's that's true. <laughs> that's very true. But I'm just sitting here. I'm like, like you. You made me think. Like, yeah, yeah. Like 100 percent right in that. I, it's it's a whole thing with it, and I think it's it's always going to be wavy. It's always like people. That's what I love about it. People are like, oh, they got this set idea of how comics work. And it's like, no, not really. Like everybody does their own thing in a way. And that's what makes it great, even with things that you may know of. And that's why, like, I love showing people uh, indie series that are not really known as well. Some are now. Like, I like DMZ. I don't know if you ever heard of that one by Vertigo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one, I'm so glad to make an HBO show on. But that was, like, an indie classic that I, I loved. And it was superbly popular in jazz. And now it's not on anymore, but... It just oh by the way I love your tweet by the way saying hey just bring back Vertigo oh, I completely agree <laughs> just, yeah just bring that Vertigo back please uh, yeah like people and just showing people a new series like that like I'll describe DMZ and then people be like, I want to read that and then they read it and they're like this is different from most comic books that I know and I'm like yeah that's the beauty of it is that there's so much change there's so much variety in here that there's something for everybody and then there's always discovering something new. Yeah, um, I mean, there's like the the thing when I was first coming into comics, you know, this is like like mid two thousands. It was just like you know, comics was getting more exposure, and everyone that I knew that was in comics, it was like whenever they met someone, they were like, "Oh, you got to read Watchmen." Oh, and, and and that was the thing. It was like everyone was showing new people Watchmen. And I was just like, why on earth are you showing people? Yeah, like if you have read, if you've consumed a great deal of superhero comics, like Watchmen is mind blowing and is and is technically great and and just you know deserves all the accolades that yeah. it has. Right, but if you're someone who has not read comics, like what a a slog and what a like weird unenjoyable thing like if you if you don't have the foundation of all of the stuff that it that it builds upon and you know i i remember um there's a a drawn and quarterly book called um aya aya that's Ooh. uh it's just this like slice of life story about this girl growing up in kenya and it's really really nicely uh, illustrated. Um, and yeah, just a, a great, a great book. I, mean, I, I think those D and Q, there's a chance that it's first second. Mm. Ho- hopefully I didn't get that wrong. Anyway, my memory, oh, the fans will let us know. <laughs> yeah. My memory used to be a little bit better anyway, re- regardless. Um, my, so my mom went to college in Kenya and, and so, when I was getting more into comics, I, I gave my mom a copy of that. And she was just like, wait, this is like a story about people that I know, essentially. Mm. Um, and it really, really resonated with her. And I think she connected with it. But like, my mom would hate Watchmen so much because it just wouldn't, you know, it, it wouldn't make sense to her. Like all this stuff that that you and I get that's really enjoyable would would not be there for her. Yeah, and that's I yeah, like it's it's a that's correct. Like there's this a thing about it that you have to have a base of a fan. Like people like if you don't know Batman and then you give him Dark Knight Returns, 
okay, well then you don't really know what's going on. Like you don't, you don't really have a, right. an idea of it. Like I remember once that reminded me of a thing. I don't know if I ever told this on the show. Um, it was my grandmother on my dad's side of the family. She, she likes comic book stuff and whatnot too, but she never read a comic. She's like, I don't know. Like I love the shows. I love the movie. Like she knew, she knows Batman villains from Gotham. Like she's like, yeah, oh, yeah. I know who Rachel Ghoul is, and she says Rach. I'm like, oh my god, I've taught her well. Um, yeah. But, and so she's like, and I, I got a, um, I bought it once. Was the uh, Spider Man? I don't remember the issue number, and people are gonna kill me for it. But it was the 911 tribute issue, right? And I told mm-hmm. her that I picked it up, and and she's like, oh, can you bring it to me? And can I can 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 I read that? I'm like, sure. And so I, I don't know out of all the books, I guess, but. Brought it to her, and she was. I got somewhere of a picture of her reading it, and it was like a brain blast moment where she was like, I understand where comics can go now, and I can understand how they are. And I was like, Really, from that? She's like, Yes, because this is a thing that I experienced a real world thing, and they put it in here and did such a good job with it. Like, if comics can do this then they can do anything. I'm like, well, uh, my grandmother got it. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> oh, man. She's still a big, huge comic book lover, too. It's the best. Um, Oh, man. <clears throat> but yeah, man, like, I think it's a beautiful medium. I really do. And even if I don't ever make that much money in it, then I'll, I'll still be working in comics, I think. Shit. Working with animals gives me my own sense of reward, but... Yeah, but um, but what are you up to now, though, Van? Like, before I let you go, I, like, what are you working on now that maybe people can go check out? Yeah, um, so, um, I kind of had, I guess, I had two books that came out like right before the pandemic, and so it's it's been weird that I I had a, I mean, like everyone, I had my my twenty twenty plans, right? Um, <laughs> so and, we all did. Yep, and so in a way, those kind of still feel new and that I, I haven't really gotten to promote them that much. But um, the uh, the second adaptation of the James Bond novels uh, for Dynamite, that had just come out, uh, Live and Let Die. Mm. Uh, and that it's a, I don't know, that's been a fun a fun series to, to get going. I, I did the first two and then uh, I'm, I'm not going to be doing any, any more of those. Um, but, you know, it was like getting to work with the James Bond, like the the Ian Fleming estate and all of that. It was pretty, pretty fun. Uh, and then I uh, have a graphic novel uh, with Gallery 13, which is a Simon Schuster imprint that's called Two T.W.O. Dead. Uh, that's it's a based on a true crime, like a historic true crime that I came across while I was a newspaper police reporter. And, uh, it's, it's interesting, you know, I, I started working on it 10 years ago and it's about, it's, it's really about race and policing and, you know, how damaging a bad cop can be. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, like it just becomes more and more timely as, as the years go on. Um, but yeah, so that's out there. And then right now I'm working on a, uh, a series for Aftershock that has not been announced yet. So I, I can't talk too much about that. Valid. Uh, yeah. And then I've been doing a little bit of work with TV and then I've got a handful of other comics projects that I think are up and coming 
soon and hopefully I'll, I'll get to talk about. And then uh, I, I guess as we speak, my uh, literary agent is shopping my first novel. Oh, wow. So. Wow. So you have been busy as hell, <laughs> to say the least. You did not, like, it, you were probably working a lot during quarantine. Yeah, I mean, well, some of it, like, I, I had, I do a lot of marketing and uh, branding work. Mm, okay. And so I had just taken on a job, uh, a pretty big job, right before the pandemic. And then it ended up that I kind of spent, I spent a lot of the pandemic doing crisis communications because they were like, we desperately need help. Oh, <laughs> oh, wow. And I got, I got pulled into that world. And, um, yeah, and so so I, I kind of had a, a busy pandemic between just like watching the kids and um, and dealing with that work and and then just squeezing in writing when and where I can. But yeah, I've kind of shifted life a bit more now to where I have quite a bit more writing time, which it's good. I, I, I tend to write really fast, so it's a bit tricky that like I, I don't, you know, if I have like a couple hours a day, for me, that's more than enough. Mm. So then it's, you know, it's always a matter of like, all right, how, how do I keep the rest of my time from, you know, like me going stir crazy? Yeah. Like, what do I do here to make sure that I don't end up like another, oh, what, what's, I'm drawing a blank on the movie. Uh, God damn it. The hotel, oh, fans are going to kill me. The horror movie of Jack Nicholson. Oh, the shining. Yeah, there the we shining. go. I thought yeah, you were going for like Bart oh, Fink or something. Yeah, I was like, oh my god, I just had the biggest biggest brain fart right there. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. my god. Yeah, I I don't I don't want to do a shining. No. <laughs> <laughs> or does my family want me? Yeah, to they do that? no, especially the family. I think the family doesn't want it to happen a lot more than you don't want it to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, god. Well, good man, like you have a lot coming out. Uh, where can people find you out on social media so people can keep track? Uh, yeah, it's a uh, van underscore Jensen. Uh, I am on Twitter and Instagram, but not on Facebook. Uh, and then vanjensen.com. Sweet. Well, van, good man, I got to say, like I said, I don't want to take too much more of your time, but I want to say it's been a blast having you on the show. Oh, my pleasure. I really appreciate it. Of course. Uh, you have yourself a good rest of the day, good man, okay? I'll let you know when the episode does come out. All right, perfect. All righty. Have a good one. All right. See you, Dakota.